Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Average Joe's Podcast, the official podcast of the NCDA. Current players sit back. The alumni have you covered tonight with your hosts, Alex Bowman's Players' mothers yell at me. Leslie Ellison. Oh, God, what? Jason Holman. Maybe a masochist on this subject. Mike McCarthy. What were we talking about? Ryan Men. Dodgeball should come first. Josh Raymer. Everyone's body is just wrecked. And Kat Takeda. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the fourth edition of the NCDA Alumni Podcast. Uh, my name is Josh Raymer, founder and former captain of WKU Dodgeball. Alex Bomas, founder of MSU's Dodgeball team. Leslie Ellison, number 21 inches, first girl for Kent State University. Jason Hallman, number 65 for Kent. Mike McCarthy, number 55 from Central Michigan. Brian Madden, number three, former captain of Kent State University. All right, guys, we're talking Nationals 2013 this episode. This is our Nationals recap podcast. So um, we're going to get started with favorite moment from the weekend. Uh, and this can be on the court, off the court. Um, Leslie, not for you off the court, because I know it was uh, dodgeball after dark for you most of the weekend. So uh, let's keep that to a minimum. Uh, but, Ryan, why don't you get us started with your favorite moment from the weekend? All right, my favorite moment was probably the Ohio State versus University of Kentucky game. Uh, I think it was probably the best game all weekend, in my opinion. It was just so intense to watch Ohio State go up on the hugely favorite Wildcats and almost sneak away with the win in the overtime. But they kind of, no offense, but they kind of sucked in the overtime. Um, Well, do you think that had something to do with the home crowd for UK? Definitely. I think... Immediately once UK started having their big comeback in the second half, the crowd was just getting into it. I mean, you can see uh, Wes Hopkins, he started to go off, and then every throw he was making, the crowd was just going nuts. It was an unbelievable game. Probably probably one of the best games the entire weekend, if not the best. I just wish that we weren't refing another match so that we could have watched that. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I, I got to see a little bit of it, and what surprised me the most was that Ohio State really looked like crap on Saturday. Exactly. Um, I didn't give them a sniff against UK, and then when someone came over and said they were up 2-0 at halftime, my jaw about hit the floor. <laughs> I think everybody's did. Like When we were watching um, the scoreboard from the Saginaw Michigan versus Michigan State uh, game, like Jason and I know we kind of like looked around and were like, who the hell's winning right now? Because... People are screaming, and we just we found out that you know Kentucky was losing, and we're like, what? Like I was completely stunned, and then I wanted to be like, well, let's hurry this game up so we can go watch that because it was just so out of left field that we're like, oh my god, we need to get over there like right now. Yeah, I didn't get to watch much of it, but um, it uh, it sounds like um, UK kind of turned it on in the second half, and like you said, Ryan. I think you told me that West kind of turned into a killing machine there uh, near the end of the game. Yeah, Zach Brown let him out of his cage. Yeah. Uh, but he unleashed I, the Kraken. I think that game, though, took it out of him. Zach told me that, um, you know, I said, you guys played great this weekend. I think Grand Valley was just the better team on Sunday. And he said, honestly, after that Ohio State game, we just had nothing left in the tank. We were drained emotionally. And you can see why. I mean, coming back from a 2-0 deficit in college dodgeball in one half is tough. 
Yeah, especially how the game is played now. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially between, you know, two teams who can really catch. I mean, you'll see quicker games with teams that have no arms because you'll score quicker points. But, um, yeah, I think that was probably game of the weekend in my opinion as well. Um, Mike, what about you? Favorite moment? Uh, well, like we said before, my favorite moment was, uh, I'm sure everybody's favorite moment uh, was, was me getting blasted in the face. Uh, you know, it knocks your really, head off. It was kind of like disturbing. Oh, it was it was a very very clean shot. Uh, I mean, most people think when you get hit in the face, it's not your favorite moment ever. But uh, I was excited just to get hit in the face again, just to be able to do it. So didn't you also uh, get hit in the junk? Yeah, I got two headshots, just different locations. <laughs> did uh, did anyone hear a bigger round of applause than when Mike got hit in the head this uh, at Nationals? That's what I was just going to say. That I think there was more applause when Mike got hit than during that UK-Ohio State game. I think we have to ask the question, has Mike replaced Jason Stein as the most hated player in the NCDA? Oh, I think it's the complete opposite. We're not even going there. <laughs> <laughs> I do, too. <laughs> no, I think, I think you're too lovable to hate. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> That's what I'm shooting for. You know, next year th- when this happens, just yell, "Are you not entertained?" <laughs> you know, I uh, screamed that during the girls' game because it was getting so slow, and I don't think anybody heard that because I was trying to get somebody, anybody, to ramp that game up. Thanks for at least you know pulling shot clock on both sides, guys. That was the worst part. Was I was trying to get everybody pumped up like 20 seconds before I went and got hit in the face. And then, you know what I mean, getting pumped up, like, let's go, you guys are too quiet, run up there, boom, hit in the face. And then everybody just went nuts. I don't think I've ever heard or seen a louder applause in a game than when when I got hit in the face. So yeah, How many that, times have you go back and watch that now? I've, I've watched it quite a few times. I've shown a ton of people. So everybody that knows me knows I love dodgeball and all I talk about is dodgeball. So when I show them that video, they just they love it. They're like, that's what you get. Exactly. All right, uh, Jason, favorite moment from the weekend? Favorite moment from the weekend? Uh, yeah, I didn't really have one. Okay. Uh, wow. biggest, uh, biggest surprise of the weekend? Something that stood out from this weekend or Nationals weekend for you? Other than the OSU game, not much. It kind of rolled exactly as I said, with GV winning it all eventually. Just they beat UK one round earlier. Well, you're a barrel of laughs. What about you, Leslie? <laughs> um, I have to say the first 30 seconds of the all-girls game, for obvious reasons, but um, other than than having Boomis come up to me after getting out and going, God, somebody's being a little bitch in the all-girls game. Um, second part of the <laughs> I moment, said that. Yes, indeed, you looked at me after I smashed Layla in the face, and then I got out because I got bopped in the butt, and you said, somebody's being a little bitch on the court in the all-girls game, and I'm like, well, what do you want from me? I have a lot of frustration. I need to get out right now, but Jason, overall... I think she's talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea. Anyway, um, but I have to say, for me, like the biggest moment was at the end of the... Um, Grand Valley versus Michigan game in which the captain of Grand Valley like stopped the game and told the captain of MSU, get your seniors out there. And then to see one of the, the Grand Valley guys lob a ball just to be able to get Sam back in. Like for me, I almost started crying because you did start crying. 
Dude, it was. It like, was an emotional moment for you. I got. I. I got to say, I definitely got choked up when that happened. Yeah, I mean, it was. Field. It was because, such a sweet moment. Because like, not only like everybody wants to think that you know college dodgeball players only go for like face shots or a lot for blood, but to see like a moment of amazing sportsmanship and then to see Sam just kind of choke up a little bit because he wasn't going to be going out and then they just lob a ball to get him back in so that he could play the last two minutes of him being in college dodgeball. (laughs) Well, you know, that's not the point. The point is is that they got out there and it was such a touching moment that I'm like, oh my God, this league is amazing. And just kudos for good sportsmanship all around. Now, yeah. Did uh, did anyone notice that there was I felt like uh, a lot more love in the air this uh, at this nationals than maybe previous years? Um, I don't feel like there was a lot of bad blood. It depends on the match. Mm-hmm. The MSU versus Saginaw Valley game, there was a lot of very intense words, not just between the teams, but teams to the refs, and I absolutely refuse to ref another one of those kind of matches again. I have to say, though, refing the Michigan State-SVSU match, it was quieter than what it's what it's normally at. Until so, the end of the match, and they start screaming at Jason and I. Well, they always scream, regardless. But I had to say, from what their normal screaming is, it's it was it was toned down a lot, actually. Like, a good I pref- chunk I, of that. A good chunk I of that was get- that I wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I brought their games before and just had them literally just chewing me out on the court. And you that, know, that sounds disgusting. I, I want to, yeah, God. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm one to take that with a grain of salt. Cause you know, we've all done it before. We've all chewed out a ref, but, uh, that was toned down for them. I, I feel like personally. What the hell was that? All right. Uh, <laughs> Mike, um, is that a booty call? <laughs> that's one of his uh his female it's my, customers it's my mom guys <laughs> oh man mike quite to ruin that joke uh yeah i think uh i think uh is there a single team that sag valley really has good relations with um during oh, a match i don't uh i don't think their they do team of followers their team of rabid fans that will cuss out and yell at refs after a match and and make you go well why the hell did i bother spending my gas money and my time coming down here for a weekend just to get bitched out by a bunch of parents when I came down here to help out the league as a whole and volunteered to do this without, you know, I mean, I could have stayed, you know, that Friday and gotten more money one day of working than I, than we got all weekend as refs, you know what I mean? And that was just bad form. Yeah. It, it really kind of, uh, it weirds me out a little bit when, um, teams bring, like a good number of fans, the tournaments that are like way far away, like for Sag Valley to Lexington, that's what seven hours. Was. Yeah. So, <laughs> for, it just it's kind of weird, right? I mean, I know that we like having fans, but is it a little abnormal for college dodgeball teams to bring that many people seven or eight hours to a tournament? Well, they had a party bus, so I mean, it's not like you had these people driving. Spent, you know, they certainly yeah. spent some cash, but you know, I guess it's just that's a nine-hour trip down, nine-hour trip back, or whatever it is. Yeah. All right, uh, Boma's favorite moment. Well, um, looking at it from a longer-term perspective, any moment where older teams were helping newer teams out, instructing them on you know, basic fundamentals, or just any moment where there was camaraderie going on throughout the weekend, is always nice because it shows the league is developing and looks to be uh, strong uh, going forward. But there's one particular moment, 
uh, on uh, this is a recurring theme here that Kentucky Ohio State game. Uh, it's been said about how loud that was, and I can tell you exactly how loud it was. Obviously, everyone was keeping an eye on the scoreboard once they found out who was up two nothing at the half. And as Kentucky was making their comeback to force overtime, the crowd was obviously getting very much into the game. In fact, they were getting so into it and yelling so loudly that they caused a shot clock violation on the Western Kentucky versus Kent State game two courts over. It was that loud that the teams couldn't hear their own teammates five, ten feet away from them. That, to me, is the one of the best moments that I've seen from an officiating standpoint where you can see the environment as it's going on and just feed off that everyone's feeding off that energy you know throughout the facility and just listening to everyone get into the game to that extent was incredible for me to watch and it shows just how far uh, these games can turn into productions and I really enjoy that aspect yeah and I think that shows you how viable dodgeball is as a consumer product as well um, people are willing to watch these games and get really into them. It's not something that is a hard sport to follow or is a dull sport to follow. It's very exciting. Um, as far as my favorite moment from Nationals, um, I actually have two. Uh, the first of which is, uh, I guess you can call me a bit of a homer here, but watching uh, Western uh, exact revenge over Ohio State, which... Looking back now, we've been talking about their game against UK as a much more impressive win uh, when you consider what happened on Sunday. But especially considering the last time these two teams met uh, was at the University of Kentucky and in that same gym. And uh, the game went about five extra minutes. And um, no one really knew on the court. Um, we didn't have the scoreboards working. And uh, in that extra time, Ohio State was able to eliminate Western and pick up the win because they had extra time when it should have just gone to overtime tied. Uh, so to see them kind of uh, settle that matter on the court this time around was really great. First win for uh, over Ohio State in Western history. So, oh wow, yeah, I mean that it was big. You know, we got uh, two big wins. Um, this season, the one over Sag Valley at the Beast Tournament, and then the one over Ohio State um, at Nationals was also awesome. Um, but the other moment actually happened after Nationals, and if you've been kind of uh, on the um, NCDA Facebook or if you were in the broadcasting thread, you know that one of the cameras I brought from uh, Western Technology Resource Center was completely demolished. Um, this weekend or at nationals and uh, I ended up having to pay for that out of pocket and uh, the NCDA really stepped up um, uh, this week and last um, donated $530 and the total cost ended up being 598 so with a $100 donation still to come from the University of Kentucky I ended up not having to pay um, a single penny out of my pocket to cover that so that right there was just like one of those moments that kind of restored your faith in humanity a little bit that a lot of people that I didn't even really know that well were donating money. So my hat's off to you, NCDA. That was uh, really very touching. That was awesome. You're welcome. I'll take full credit. Yeah. I think everyone on this podcast uh, donated. So thank you guys. Seriously. I tried. <laughs> yeah. Mike would have uh, if he had any type of electronic money. <laughs> Uh, if he wasn't living in 1992. Yeah, cash, yeah, cash only. 
I was raised when Bomas was uh, being born or something. <laughs> being born. <laughs> Bomas was already in law school at that point, Mike. Um, That's right. But uh, so that was those were my favorite moments. Um, did anyone else want to add anything? Just kind of looking back on the weekend, I think it was a really great tournament. Um, you know, I kind of talked to Zach um, after it was all over about some things that we'll try to do different. Um, so, uh, Ryan, I think you had something you wanted to add. Yeah, I'll just give out a shout-out to Ensua for getting their first Nationals win. Yeah, big props to them. That was really big. I thought that might actually have been their first win ever, but uh, they actually had, I think, two or three wins um, before. But first Nationals win, that's really big. And they really played very well against a Miami team that was undermanned but uh, was still pretty talented, I thought. Yeah, and and Ensua has improved. I've seen them the past three years, and they've improved. A lot each year. Yeah, those guys are awesome. Uh, you know, shout out to Brittany Rogers too for helping me. Uh, she was shot clocking for me during a game too. She helped me out a couple times. So uh, they're a great, a great uh, group of players too. I like them a lot. Yeah, they were. They're always a fun team to have. I don't think there's ever any complaints about them whatsoever. But uh, Leslie, I think you had something. I, I promise it's appropriate. Um... One thing that really stuck out from the weekend as well is, like, the league as a whole. Not only do you have the students that are still in college that come together at the hotels and kind of bond with each other and talk to the other teams and then talk with the other teams, like, off the court. And, you know, you get some people that look, you know, at, at you know, the alumni when, you know, you have the one-on-one showdown versus OSU and, and what was it? Um what 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 did what happened with the gladiator one? Which one was it? I know it was OSU and someone else. Oh. DePaul? DePaul. It was DePaul. Okay. It's always yeah, it was DePaul, DePaul. the gladiator. You yeah. you get the the young guys that come up to you. They're like, "What the hell is going on? We've never seen this before." And you just kind of get those little moments. And I also thought it was really cool that not only do the current students have moments like that, but also the alumni had moments too at the hotel room in which we all got together and played cards against humanity and. I have never seen Eric Sibla, who is the alumni from OSU, bust the hell up laughing like he did while we were playing that game. The card that came down was, what was that noise? And the card that I threw down was, am I having a stroke? And to just have, (laughs) yes, to have him crack up laughing and have that kind of moment in which six people, all from completely different teams, graduated at different times, graduated from different parts of the country just came together and had a fantastic dodgeball filled weekend. I mean, it was great, you know, and it's just awesome to have that transgress not only from being current students, but also to former students, you know, I would like to point out that was like a five beer minimum night. Yeah. So there was uh, some, a little bit of lubrication for that laughter. (laughs) (laughs) I had to say, I hung out with DePaul for the first time ever, uh, Ryan was there with me as well. Uh, we're all in 3D. <laughs> yeah, we were all like 60. Thank God we took two cars. Yeah. But uh, those guys are seriously awesome. You know, I'd never been able to – I never got a chance to play them, and I never got a chance to hang out with them. But seriously, every single one of those guys, I am, I am definitely going to the Mayday Dodgeball Tournament uh, coming up in a couple weeks because those guys are awesome. Anyway. One – very nice thing I heard uh, with Ensula and actually about Saginaw. I did. I was talking to Brittany, and she might have been talking to Spencer. I'm not sure. 
But I did hear Saginaw may try and help Fun and Sula to make another trip somewhere during the school this next school year, instead of uh, besides nationals, so they can go to another tournament. Wow, that's awesome. that's pretty neat. Yeah, so that'd be really cool if Saginaw can help them out. As you say, I know Saginaw gets a lot of funding, so and that's what they were talking about. Since they get all this funding, they can probably swing it somehow. That'd be amazing if they could do that. Um, I'm done saying nice things about Saginaw. Though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, did anyone else want to jump in and add anything before we moved on to the All Nationals team? I found out that I'm not the oldest person associated with the NCDA, which was a shocking and b kind of a relief. That's because Saginaw or uh, Ohio State had like a 33 year old guy last year. <laughs> no, I'm not talking them. Uh, JSU really? apparently had some guy in their 30s. Wow. Oh, is it? Well, Grant, I think Ohio State had somebody, too. How old are you, anyways? How old is Dirt? (laughs) Easy there. Easy there, debit card. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, I'm uh, I'm actually only 27. I I know uh, it's it's a sliding scale, especially when you got uh, people who are, you know, 18, 19 year old, uh, 18, 19 years old playing this game, but. uh, no, that's not. Uh, I haven't hit forty yet. Yeah, and we'll uh, see if I can't uh, get there soon enough. <laughs> well, congratulations on not being the oldest fart at the tournament, Bomas. We're all very, very happy for you. Um, I'll take my silver medal and run. <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to the 2013 All Nationals team, as voted on uh, by the captains of the league. Um, you can read it on the NCDA, NCDA website. We won't go over everything. Um, uh, we won't read everyone's name, but uh, we'll kind of talk about guys. Um, if you can uh, look at the list here, people from your school, maybe that you want to mention, if you thought that maybe there was someone else that was deserving um, to make the team. Uh, and August started the representatives for uh, WKU on the first and second team uh, were Felix Peroni and Alex Big Bird Sorrells, uh, captain and alternate captain there. So. Very deserving. Uh, Felix's shoulder popped out uh, during the, I believe, Saginaw uh, WKU game on Saturday. So everyone got to enjoy that if they hadn't seen it already. Um, so they both played great. Very deserving. Um, so who else? Talk about some people from your team that made it. Uh, I think Troy Dixon from DePaul should have been first team for one. Mm-hmm. Um, he got voted on the second team. Uh, and then for Kent, uh, there's Dan and Camden, um, who both got voted for the first team. Mm-hmm. And the only other player that, no offense to it, uh, Josh Sayer from Kent. Uh, I don't know how close he was to getting second team, but he played pretty amazing all weekend. Yeah. Wait, did he not get, did Josh not get voted on? I'm trying to find the thingy and I can't. No, no, he didn't get it. He definitely is very much deserving of it, but. Maybe that actually has me kind of pissed because after watching, well, after watching from when I could, while we were roughing the MSU versus Saginaw Valley and like turning around to watch what they were doing with, I believe it was Western Kentucky, like he brought his A game the second day and it was fantastic from what we could watch. And thank you for the link. I'm trying to help you find the thingy, Leslie. Yeah, there's the thingy. <laughs> Use a magnifying glass. <laughs> Uh, I know Josh, he pretty much won one point against UWP for Kent and also against 
WKU. Um, he pretty much took out a bunch of guys in both those points and just really got Kent the point. All right, uh, Bomas, do you know some of the guys, I'm sure, from Michigan State that made it? Uh, I, I know Van Ehrman and Hiller got on to the, uh, the first team there, and Childs and uh, Miller made second team. Uh, I really was focused more on uh, just making sure the games ran smoothly than paying attention to any particular player, so I don't know that I can comment all that effectively on uh, who's deserving of what honors. Uh, I, I'm, I'm guessing that... Hiller and Van Armen are there just by being able to lead their you know traveling mash unit to the championship game more than anything else. But that's that's just a guess on on my part. It was well deserved from Michigan State. I, I roughed more than two of their games, I believe. I, I did two or three of their games, and uh, every single person that got voted, you know, Hiller, Van Armen, uh, Ian, and then uh, Miller and and Acton. I'll, I'll definitely deserve those votes because they played great and they really carried that team to uh, uh, to the finals. And, you know, with that leadership that, that Hiller gives, uh, he did a great job, all of them. And I will say this kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, UK only receiving two All-Stars. Um, Wes Hopkins made the first team. And uh, Zach Ross, who I believe was number twenty, he had the uh, the awesome headshot, um, was uh, second team. And I guess just as a team that um, uh, was kind of a, a favorite to to you yeah. know, win it all there, to only have two all stars is kind of surprising. But, yeah, uh, uh, I'm, I'm glad to see Martrice Pennington from Ansula got voted for the first team. Absolutely, he was my surprise player of the tournament. Um, Looked absolutely fantastic. Uh, was the leader of that uh, Insula team, and uh, you know I think had a lot of teams kind of buzzing about how he was playing. So, um, Jason, why don't you jump in here? Um, I have to agree with Bomus. Mainly, I was refing. I wasn't really paying attention, but I do have to point out, and I'm very glad that he got up there. Uh, Trip, the captain from GV, uh, just for sportsmanship how he led his team, how he conducted himself and his team on the court. I really do feel like that was a very good thing that he's up there at least. Yes, a very uh, deserving MVP, and I think we would all agree, pretty much a unanimous choice for most valuable player of the tournament. Yep. Agreed. So, um, let's see here. I was surprised. I guess uh, this isn't like uh, the All-Star Games where every team has to have – players voted in because there are certainly teams that uh, didn't make the cut. I, d- I don't see anyone from Miami or Penn on here. No. Um, so, yeah, I was kind of surprised by that. I thought maybe we would get in, get at least one person from every team, but uh, I'm not sure how the voting worked, but I guess that didn't work out that way. I think it was just based on who you thought did best in the tournament. So it had nothing to do with what team it could have been 15 guys from one team. Uh, I mean, that's how I took it as I don't believe they were doing a certain amount from each team. It was just whoever thought you played the best you voted on. Well, I think that's, uh, I think that's the way to do it. Um, let's, uh, kind of switch gears here a little bit. Um, I think 
someone mentioned when we were kind of uh, planning for this podcast, they wanted to talk about injuries, um, always kind of a, a hot topic after Nationals is over to talk about some injuries. So, um, oh. Leslie, did you want to get a start on that? Oh, my God. McJesse from OSU. Have you seen his this poor guy's arm? Is like you, you basically like lift it up like you're you're trying to scratch behind your back and like from the elbow all the way down to the shoulder it is bruised and like internally bloody looking. I talked to him apparently like he ripped some tendons he ripped some muscle. He's just an all around was not a happy camper for a little bit because it it looked disgusting. Oh, all right, when we God. do the recruitment video, you don't get to talk. Anymore. <laughs> no, we're not gonna, no, we're not having it. <laughs> Uh, of no, course, it's always... only about the injuries, man. It's just that—that's just the one injury that stuck out for me because you could visibly see the the discomfort, and you could visibly see the gigantic blood bruise underneath the skin. It looks—it oh. looks nasty. Thank I, I don't you, know Mike. You guys, I don't know if you guys have seen pictures of it, but it looks like somebody took a baseball bat to his elbow, and he's got a huge bruise on his elbow. God, nobody's going to be able to recruit <laughs> freshmen next year. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now, I, of course, you've always got uh, Felix Peroni's shoulder that's you know, hanging by a thread. Uh, you know, I got to see that for the first time, and that was um, uh, something you typically don't see outside of war movies where you just slam the shoulder back in. Uh, I, I hope he manages to heal that one up or do whatever needs to be done uh, before he hits 35 and it's aching all the time. But Are you uh, talking about I'm, Felix Bowman? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw that for the first time uh this, uh, here. Raymer, you said that happens all the time. It happens, yeah, it, it happens, happens more than once. Yeah, it happens every game, pretty much. Um, Seriously, that's so sick. I just remember like looking over while like, you were doing the um, the the commentary for one of the WKU matches, and all of a sudden, boom, there goes the shoulder. And I just remember looking at you going, what did he just do? Is that normal? And you're like, oh, yeah, it happens all the time. No big deal. Well, God, no, what he should do it for Halloween. You know, uh, dress up as a zombie and intentionally dislocate and just keep it there throughout the night and then just put it back in when he's done. That would be effective. Um, yeah, I mean, he popped it back in a different way this time. Like I told you guys uh, at some point, the game against UK at Western, he literally took his fist and just slammed it against his shoulder to pop it back into place. You could see it. It's on tape if you watch that game on uh, YouTube. You can see him uh, on the back baseline doing that. It was Really tough to watch. I don't know how that guy does it. I get I, like a jammed finger, and I'm done for the rest of the weekend. I mean, I've had my share of dislocations. I can actually dislocate it at will, but uh, that's what I have my shoulder surgery for. And honestly, after a few dislocations, you just stop feeling it. Yeah. Oh, it's out. Okay, it's back in. Let's yeah, keep going. That's what he said. He doesn't even notice it, really. I mean, he, he kind of feels it. It's a sharp uh, bit of pain, but it's not like something that's debilitating. You can actually dehinge your shoulder and throw it a little harder if you want to. Can Can I also say it must be really convenient for University of Kentucky to have a hospital right there yeah. for them just for Zach Brown after he mucked up his fingers. I don't even know what he did. He just walks over, comes back, and we're like, "Dude, we thought you like busted your hand up." He's like, "Oh no, they they bandages up. It's okay. I'm back to playing." I'm like. Where, where did you go for this mythical hospital visit? Or did you just go to the small rinky-dink clinic and have them just slap some tape on it or something? But kudos to UK for having a hospital right there in case we had another head injury, like, you know, that picture from years ago that we talked Rainbow. about in the last podcast. Yeah. Well, we had, a a hospital, 
There was a pretty nasty concussion that we had. Really? Yep. Yeah, during the Kent miscellaneous game. Um, what happened? Kent, it was off the rush. Kent, uh, Aaron Riffle just slammed this kid in the face. And actually, he got hit again in the face. Um, Wait, and Riffle did or he hit the kid? After taking these two face shots, this kid was done. He sat down and he almost puked right on the court. Oh, jeez. Awesome. That's right. God damn it, Riffle. Um, I think, uh, it doesn't really compare, though, to the freaking broken leg. Like the Kevin Ware style broken leg we had at Nationals at WKU. So. I never got a chance to see that. Did uh, that happen to a player from Louisville, though? Yeah. It did. Yeah, it did. Ironic. One of the most fluke injuries ever. I mean, guy was backpedaling, was up in midair, caught a ball and came down, and all the weight went on his heel, and it just shot a charge right up his leg and just shattered the bone. And uh, I'm pretty sure it was sticking out. So I'm very, very glad we didn't have anything of that variety. But a concussion is obviously nothing to scoff at. I'm just glad there were no broken bones. I'm pretty sure – well – what was uh, McJesse? Was that torn tendons in his arm, Leslie? Yeah. I think it's torn tendons and torn muscle material. It's all internal. There's no bone peeking out, and there's no actual, like, cut, like, my messed up hand from the fall. So, I mean, it's all internal. It's just really disgusting looking, and I feel yeah. so bad for him. God, we're never going to recruit anyone ever again. No. Join the NCDA. You, too, can experience these wonderful moments. Yeah. You, too, can end up in worse shape than an NFL player when it's all said and done. He still has not got an MRI done. What in the world is he yeah, waiting for? I thought he did. It says, it says uh, well, this is you messaging him. He said, he, I, still have, I still have to get an MRI done. That was on Monday. Oh, my God. What is the matter with men in the NCDA and not getting proper medical attention? Totally fine. Leslie, you could have ended that at what is the matter with men and yeah. still want <laughs> As of two hours ago, it says feeling great. He's probably all doped up on something right now. Yeah. I hope so. You definitely Either that hope. or he gets laid. <laughs> <laughs> Thank he, you, he did buy a jacuzzi room, uh, the WKU Nationals, for him and his girlfriend. Oh, wow. Oh, did he? Yeah. He bought a separate room for him and his girlfriend. Good for him. That's we can call it water therapy and move on. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right, so Nationals injuries, um, kind of touched on that now. Um, Jason, I think, did you want to talk at all about um, officiating? A little bit. Oh, or God, just talk at all. all. What? Or just talk at all. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Um, Go ahead. Officiating. I kind of feel like it was much better with the refs this year than actually playing last year with just paid refs off the street. feels like a lot of the teams appreciated the fact that they actually had people there that knew the game, knew the calls, could hear more than they actually saw and still make judgments on most of those calls. Uh, as for most of the shot clock violations, I feel you guys just weren't yelling loud enough. That might just be me with my giant booming voice. Well, most of the time they had the benches getting in on the on the yelling. So, I I also told the team too. Uh, uh, when Cat was uh, doing one of she was shot clocking for one of my games that I was head refing, and I'm like, hey, it is not your problem if they can't hear you. You 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 talk in a normal tone, and if that team doesn't help yell with you, that's their problem. 
Yeah. Right? They need to be they need to be heads up counting with you as you say 11, 12, 13, 14 or 6, 7, 8, 9. You need to be count- they need to be counting with uh the shot clock uh you know so that they can project because by the end of the tournament all of our voices were gone or at least mine was I know that for sure. And in a loud game, you're not going to hear someone talking normally. On even trying to yell on the sidelines, sometimes you won't hear those people during games like UK Ohio State. I mean, there was no way you could have had a megaphone; you probably wouldn't have been able to be be heard. But uh, from what Boma said, we technically don't even have to count at ten. Yep. All we got to do is put our arm up and wave. Mm-hmm. Exactly, just like a uh, delay of game call in you know football, the, the back judge he, he doesn't yell at the team to snap the ball. He just keeps raising his arm, and that should be a signal for everyone. You got to get going. Uh, I'm glad you pointed out, Jason. If you didn't, I was going to. Uh, and next year, that's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'll certainly warn uh, teams in advance, but there's no reason that the volunteer officials should, should be uh, yelling themselves hoarse if they don't have to. I mean. I just ended up, I usually change my voice just naturally because I went through speech therapy as a kid. Towards the end of the hurt tournament, if you were paying attention to the GVU uh, MSU game, you actually heard my voice actually sounded like at the end. And even then, people could still hear me, but it was still hoarse. All right, so um, did anyone else want to weigh in on the officiating situation? No. I yeah, didn't. yeah, I, I'm not going to shut up just yet. Um yeah, uh, obviously, uh, I think most teams would agree that this year's uh, fishing aiding uh, went smoother than it has in previous years. And I think the experiment of using volunteer alumni uh, has proven that alumni probably are the way to go in officiating games going forward. Uh, for the most part, it was pretty smooth, and I want to thank all the teams and participants for that. Uh, there was uh, one particular incident um, which uh, was alluded to previously. Uh, I was going to try and keep teams out of it. I can certainly keep uh, individual names out of it. Um, after one uh, game on Sunday, uh, one of the officials was confronted by a spectator for one of the teams. And uh, part of that, uh, I mean, uh, me is sort of the leader for the alumni official team group, whatever you want to call it. I, I bear some responsibility in that I, I probably should have made sure that there's instructions to leave any particular game as a group. Uh, and that's what's done in most high school and certainly all college uh, sporting events uh, to just, you know, you don't break yourself off in isolation. You leave together. Uh, it didn't happen in that particular game. And one of the officials got confronted uh, by a spectator and it highlights uh, the need for um, a, a setback of sorts uh, for particular games. For instance, in in the main court where you had uh, Zach Brown had put up about five rows of stands, uh, the closest row is about 15 feet or so uh, setback from the sideline of the court. It gave the official uh, room to move around, see what was going on, and it kept the uh, spectators from being right up on the uh, officials and I, I think that that needs to become a bright line rule uh, for the reason that we don't need uh, spectators within literal spitting distance uh, of officials. You don't see that in any other organized sport, um, and for the most part, sports fans are idiots who don't know the rules, don't know what's going on. That that's that's true across the board, whether you're supporting a team or booing someone else. Uh, and, and booing officials is fine. I mean, I got plenty of flack on the Grand Valley State. Um, uh, 
I don't know. Yeah, the Grand Valley State Kentucky game, but um, you know, there's a, a line between just you know giving the ref some grief and getting into a confrontational situation. And I, I would like a bright line rule next year where spectators need to be a minimum of 15 feet back uh, for uh, to prevention from keeping these situations from recurring. Um, I do have something to point out since he's not in this topic. Uh, Sweet, the other ref from Grand Valley, or not Grand Valley, uh, Central. Uh, during the GV MSU game, he literally said he had three guys pretty much in his ear telling him how to call the game. And he was getting a little annoyed with it because it was the same guy from before trying to tell him how to call the game. One thing with Sweet, he knows those guys pretty well. So even with, even with somebody chirping in his ear, he's not going to listen to what they have to say. I mean... I think we all had somebody chirping in our ear at one point, telling us what to do and what to look at. And there's only there's only one way you can look at a certain time, anyways. All right. Um, anyone else uh, got anything to throw in there? No, I, th- I mean, go ahead. Sorry, Jason. I didn't rap, so I don't have anything to say. Yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> I can tell you about commentating. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but let's move on. Bomas, you just threw out uh, a topic here. Why don't you get us started on that one? Well, there there were plenty of teams uh, who did fairly well this weekend, both by objective and relative standards. Uh, I was just wondering what your guys' input was on who you think was the overachieving team uh, for the weekend. Um, I'll go first with this. Uh, Michigan State definitely was the one for me. I know they're always a strong team year in and year out, but I honestly didn't even have them really in my top five or six going into nationals as a potential champion. So, uh, you know, hats off to them for making it to uh, the championship game. And I think that they, uh, they really were the big shock for me outside of Ohio State almost knocking off UK. Uh, Michigan's uh, state's run to the championship was more impressive in my mind. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with the Michigan State. And, and also you said the same thing I would have said was Ohio State. You know, uh, I knew a lot of the guys in the team last year and knew that a bunch of them were leaving. And to see them uh, uh, put up a fight like they did against UK at the end of the game was uh, – uh, I was very impressed. So I, I thought they were uh, an overachieving team uh, this weekend. So I, I think they did very well. I agree with both those statements. Michigan State, probably the most overachieving team. And then secondly, close fall behind by Ohio State. Um, I might go a little lower than that. For a few of the first-year teams that came out, uh, example is Penn State. I literally thought they were going to walk out there and be, like, shooting fish in a barrel with a bazooka. Like, I did not feel that a team that hadn't played a game yet that walked out on the court would do quite as well as they did. They showed quite a bit of fight, quite a bit of heart, and they played the entire time, regardless if they were up or down points. Yeah, and you can't really underestimate that when teams have traveled – you know, a good distance to play, it can be really disheartening if you're kind of getting your ass handed to you. Um, so to see them, you know, keep up the good fight um, was really encouraging because they really had a tough slate. I mean, there were no, I don't think, easy games for them that weekend. No. Um, see, I, I'm feeling a little bit embarrassed about bringing up this topic to just hear Michigan State, Michigan State thrown back at me because 
I, I, I disagree for one, and it looks, sounds like I'm trying to just get some praise from my old school. Um, I, the team I'd go would have gone with would have been Wisconsin Platteville, and I say that because I, I've been around long enough to have seen uh, teams progress or regress over a number of years, and if you can think far enough back, uh, Je- uh, Josh, to when you were playing back, you know, versus Grand uh, at the tournament in Grand Valley, yeah, they were getting blown out something awful. Yeah, and, they were. Yeah, and this year, you know, they're hanging right in the thick of things, uh, and they were pretty darn close to taking uh, Michigan State to overtime. And I know that that uh, worried Michigan State quite a bit on Sunday, and they they certainly no longer look like uh, like the pushovers that they appeared to be in previous seasons. I mean, they're they're here, they've arrived, and they're able to contend with pretty much everyone else. And the other thing that I do like though is that I really couldn't peg a team that underachieved this weekend and i looked at the uh, i actually did some show prep i looked at the scores for the uh, for the tournament you know we 27 games on friday and saturday only 11 of them 11 of them seemed to be blowouts and they were all what you'd expect you know um grand valley versus our lady of perpetual sorrow that type of situation hmm. sunday you had 15 games played seven blowouts and almost all of those were in the very first round where again you'd have you know James Madison versus, you know, again, Our Lady of Perpetual Sorrow. And, and or my that, these <laughs> games are getting close. Yeah. Um, one team I want to throw out there as well, I got to watch them quite a bit, um, was Central Michigan. Uh, I don't think a lot of people expect a whole lot from a team that brings 10 people um, to a tournament, but those guys played Kent really close on Friday night. Um, they ended up beating Towson. On uh, on Saturday, I think they beat the miscellaneous team, and uh, they were right there in it on Sunday against uh, Ohio State. I mean, you could tell if they just had the numbers, I think they would have taken it. So definitely an over uh, overachieving team, in my opinion. It was another sad part to see that uh, that Bryce couldn't make it as well. You know, uh, most of us who've been around a while know Bryce. Bryce is easily one of the best players in the whole league considering he's older than dirt as well. Uh, but, you know, it's frustrating seeing, especially, you know, being my old school, seeing only 10 guys show up to nationals when only two years removed they were national champions. Uh, it's very frustrating seeing that as well. But they did play great with what they brought, and they got a, a good few promising players as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Leslie, did you want to jump in on this most overachieving team? I mean, I still was completely stunned by OSU from what I saw of them in the fall and then seeing what they did in the last, like, a Nationals. Like, I think they achieved a lot. And I'm just, I still kind of sit here a little bit stunned that A, it went in overtime and B, that they were up, you know, 2 0 against UK. And I mean, from a play stance wise, not a, I guess, character like character building with the team wise i've been kind of zonked out for like half of this conversation i'm so sorry guys it's all right we know you ate a lot of sushi oh uh, my god it's so good uh, Free Willy! <laughs> <laughs> don't do that i'll throw up um let's uh switch gears here and talk about um improvements if there was one thing that you would like to see changed uh for nationals 2014 at ohio state university what would it be, uh, Ryan? Why don't you get us started on this? Um, 
I don't know. I'm trying to think of. I mean, it was very. Someone help me out. Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot there. Um, I'll throw something out there because I talked to Zach about this. Um, a lunch option on Saturday uh, absolutely has to be something that is um, worked into Ohio State's plan. Um, you know, I think Western had it down the best when they when Felix yeah. got the meal passes for everyone to go eat at the the food court there um, in in Duck on campus. So. Uh, cause I mean, literally, I think most of the alumni, what probably had a candy bar and a bag of chips for lunch on and Saturday. And a horse throat and, and begging other people to go get the McDonald's and. I, I had dinner on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that was me. I had lunch. I had the pleasure of getting a, getting a Gatorade from somebody. Other than that, I didn't eat until after we were done on Saturday. Exactly. So just some sort of lunch option uh, has to be arranged uh, by Ohio State next year. Yeah, I ended up buying 30 hamburgers from McDonald's at the local uh, shop just on the edge of campus. The lady uh, wanted to make sure. Three zero? Yes, ma'am. Three zero hamburgers, please. <laughs> uh, Thank you for the burger, Boomis. It was a clutch move. Um, you know, yeah, some sort of either if there's a, a facility you know, adjacent to uh, the, the tournament facility, the tournament gym, or if you can somehow get it catered and, and brought in, um, that that would be ideal. Uh, my only uh, caution to anyone going to Columbus next year: do not park in the football stadium lot on Sunday. It is a fifty dollar ticket, and I learned that one the hard way in two thousand eight. Yikes. All right, Leslie, did you have something? Um, A, you do not know how fast you can eat a McDonald's burger until you are shot clocking, and every time there is a big pause for a shot clock violation, you attempt to wolf down a quarter of a sandwich. <laughs> Almost choked a couple times. Um, but for people going to um, Columbus next year, there's a couple really good places to eat. Every time I go there, I gorge myself on Noodles & Co. It is delicious. Um, and then another good place to check out is Jenny's Ice Cream. And if you're into sushi, right next to Noodles & Co. is Diaspora. It's also freaking delicious. Oh, my God. Columbus. It has everything all in one handy-dandy walking distance. So this is nice. We're giving kind of a, a uh, preview of, of restaurants because uh, I feel like that's something you should do as part of going to play uh, somewhere you know, besides your own town, is go check out some local restaurants. You can eat at McDonald's literally anywhere in America. So thank you, Leslie, for those suggestions. Yes, exactly. Uh, so did anyone else? Of, oh, go ahead. If I can think of anything else, I will definitely post something about where good places to eat are. I have a couple yeah, friends that live down there. For sure. Um, did anyone else have any more um, kind of uh, suggestions for how to make Nationals 2014 even better? One well, thing. Oh, yeah, no, you go first, man. All right. Well, the one thing I was going to say was the sa same thing you said earlier, Balmus, was the court space. Uh, for the few of us who were at the last Ohio State Nationals, uh, what is that? Me and you, Balmus? Yeah, right? probably. Yeah. yeah, that sounds about right. I, you know, yeah. I, I did show up for that. <laughs> there are always plenty of stories, um, some of which not fit to air. But, yeah, I was there. Yeah, so I, court space was the only thing I was worried about. Uh, this past, uh, uh, this Nationals, I, I, like you said, Bum, was walking up and down the sidelines was just, just tough. I was jumping out of the way of players just watching, uh, when I was refing the MSU, SVSU game, I was moving out, I was walking around Grand Valley players who were just standing there watching the game, so there wasn't <laughs> a lot of room. 
No, I'll, I'll tell you how bad it was. It was so bad that uh, on Saturday night, when I'm trying to get to sleep, it took me about 45 minutes to an hour because just as I'm starting to drift off, uh, I'm dreaming I'm on a court and this thing's coming at me. I, I react to whatever ball I think is coming that way. The twitch wakes me up. I, I sit up in the bed going, son of a bitch, it happened again. It's like four or five times this thing cycled through before I could actually get to sleep that night. I'm glad I'm not the only person that actually happens to. I got blasted <laughs> I got blasted twice this weekend. Somebody from Saginaw Valley hit me the first time I roughed them. It deflected off of the ball ball and hit me square in the mouth with my whistle still in my mouth. Cut my, <laughs> lip, cut my lip open. I was bleeding pretty good, too. And then later on, I'm roughing the MSU-SVSU game, and all I see is uh, Miles Shepard from SVSU wind up just to throw on. I'm just, as soon as he let go of the ball, I'm like, oh, this is going to feel great. And I just had enough time to turn around and, and hit me square in the back of the head. But oh. uh, there, just, there needs to be more room is all I was saying. Especially yeah. with, like, Grand Valley, I got smashed in the head by a guy, and it took my hearing out for a good couple of minutes. And the poor guy looks at me. He's like, oh, my God, are you okay? I didn't mean to hit you. And I'm like, what? I can't. Turn to my other ear. I can't hear you right now. <laughs> Who was I it? got dropped. I got dropped by one. I don't even one. know. Just look back at the video of the uh, GVSU versus Ensula, and you see me. I'm pretty sure I think you. it's on camera of me getting hit in, in the ear and just kind of, for the next five minutes, just rubbing the side of my head while trying to head wrap this going, I can't hear, but it's going to be okay. Yeah, from what I remember uh, of OSU's uh, facility, I think they call it the RPAC. Uh, it, it's yep. pretty spacious, so I think all the officials will have a solid six to eight feet to uh, to move back and, and you know, self keep themselves uh, safe and be able to see more of the court, leading to fewer missed calls. Uh, as far as a uh, particular improvement, um, scheduling I think has been worked out for the most part. Uh, I, I think it needs to be a priority either keep people on the facility site and cater lunch so you don't people going all over the place or if there's again a facility right next door where you can um uh, grab lunch you know, it's something like what wku did uh that that'd be advisable the, uh, the only other thing from that is if we're going to do uh recording and commentary and all that uh let's try for uh actual manned cameras for a couple of games and see if we can get some solid b-roll footage but that's that's a very minor critique yeah um Go ahead, Jason. I have three improvements to add for this. Uh, two of them are minor. One of them we really need to get something down with. Uh, towards the end of the day on Sunday, that gym started getting very, very hot. So I don't know if the school has, like, fans or something or windows or something to crack open to get some air movement. But after 25 games have been played, it gets kind of warm in there. And then you get refs that take off their shirts and get filmed by creepy old men. Yep, that would be Leslie. <laughs> it was uh, warm. The second one, I know it's not much, but I mean, you, refs kind of get thirsty after a while. Our voices kind of get hoarse, like water bottles, something. Oh, God, that'd be great. Instead of me stealing Gatorade bottles from OSU guys going, hey, buddy, you hear my voice right now? Can you go get me some water, pretty please? Yeah. That was definitely a problem. Uh, the third one, which I hope doesn't come up, but we've got to get some like ruling set on this. How to eject a fan correctly. Because hmm. telling a fan to leave doesn't mean they're going to leave. Oh, here, there's a simple way to fix that one. Stop the game for a moment. Bring over the... If you know what 
team the spectators rooting for. You stop the clock, uh, bring the the captains over, and just calmly explain to them that you know, they're going to be responsible for their spectators, and if they're not going to get them to to vacate the premises, uh, we're going to sit here and the game's not going to continue until that's done. And I, just hold your ground on it. You don't got to yell. You don't got to be mean. You just got to lay it on the line. Look Completely you, agree with that. always the lawyer. Always the diplomat. <laughs> Dick. Yeah, I think I think that's a pretty easy way um, to to deal with a situation like that, and definitely an effective way as well. Um, yeah, good call on that one, Bomas. Um, but if there's no other improvements, Leslie or uh, Bomas, you mentioned um, the the footage we were able to tape. I think eighty four percent of the games um, from this weekend. So that was definitely an improvement over Western, which was seventy two percent. I have no idea. I don't think any footage was taken at the Sag Valley uh, Nationals uh, unless it was taken by people from Sag Valley. So our hope Ken, next year Ken is... some games. Do what? Ken filmed some games. Oh, okay. So we did have some footage um, uh, from that. But our goal is uh, next year to definitely get 100% and hopefully we'll have some camera operators who can help us kind of follow the action. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm certainly not questioning the the quantity of, of film that's uh, been captured. I mean, that's leaps and bounds ahead of prior years. I, I'm just hoping that we can get at least one camera, uh, not even one camera for every game, but just one camera on a couple of the uh, on, on a number of games throughout the weekend, so that we can get some solid B-roll footage and close-ups and, and camera ISOs on uh, players from each individual team, because something like that is going to play a lot better than. Uh, uh, to the viewing public than uh, a static uh, shot uh, for you know 50 minutes or whatever. As, as entertaining as it is to see Mike McCarthy's rear end just sitting there until he gets hit in the head or hit in the uh, in the head or, or or pretty much anything else. You know, eventually we will get it to where we'll have cameramen and women get in with the teams and just follow around the balls and try not to get hit and wreck another camera. No. That is going to be the best footage ever. You like you feel like you're in the game. Um, I will say no. that I've kind of talked to Zach about this because um, he's already started having conversations with Ohio State. One thing that we want to kind of do um, potentially for next year is to live stream the games um, using either you know Google Hangout or UStream um, so that we can have a high definition stream for maybe those people that um, you know are away from the court to go get some lunch or something, want to watch a particular game, parents, fans that are back home, couldn't make the tournament. Uh, and also that would uh, cut down the editing time because those videos would be uploaded automatically after the uh, after the footage was shot. So that's something we'll probably explore um, uh, for can, next year's national. Can this year's final game be converted to an HD? Um, no, unfortunately. We did not use um, the regular cameras for that game. Bummer. I know. Now, Ryan, quick question for you. You saw the you know the most recent World Cups where they did the uh, the slow mo shots of pretty much everything, right? Correct. Yeah. Josh, what do we need to do to make uh, that happen? If we get <laughs> one slow mo camera, I mean, not not you know not for any live broadcast or anything, but if we can get a slow mo camera of <laughs> half the stuff that goes on, man, that would be some footage to see. Absolutely, I'd be all for so, that. So you want to see McJesse's arm blow up in real time? <laughs> okay. uh, Absolutely. Maybe not every. I want to see Mike's headshot in in slow motion. Um, Which that would one? be awesome. That, oh, uh, oh funny. <laughs> uh, so 
Yeah, I will say this about the footage that we have. You can see during the CMU versus miscellaneous game uh, who breaks the camera. Uh, I won't point any fingers, but if you want to see when that game goes